I want to tell you guys about this amazing new app. It's called Next Issue. It's like Netflix, but it's for magazines. And for my listeners, I've got a special deal. A 30-day free trial that you can get right now. All you have to do is go to nextissue.com slash brandy, and it's free for 30 days. Next Issue has almost every magazine you could ever want. Magazines like Esquire, Vogue, Sports Illustrated, or even Wired. And they have the weeklies too. Some of my favorites, People, Us, all of them. Well, not all of them, but pretty much all of them. Next Issue has all the stories, news, and photos from the most relied upon sources. Sports, entertainment, fashion, which we all love, news, travel, and anything else you could be possibly craving. Next Issue has the top titles for all your interests. If you're into sports, which I'm not, they have ESPN, the magazine. They have Sports Illustrated, Ski, Surfer, and more. And if you're into fashion like me, they have Allure, Vogue, Elle, Cosmo, and 19 others to pick from. Next Issue delivers all the content you need, everything that's in the print editions on the same day they hit newsstands. Access to the most popular and trusted magazines anywhere on your phone or tablet. Favorites can be enjoyed in the moment or downloaded to be read offline later. Next Issue is an incredible value, and it's great for the environment, too. Next Issue is an incredible value. One subscription gets you so many magazines for as little as $10 a month. So you're saving money, and there's no clutter. Use it on up to five devices, so it's really easy to share with your families and other people you might like. Get your free 30-day trial at nextissue.com brandy now and read up way up on all your interests nextissue.com slash brandy i promise you won't regret it do you know what this is it's stimulating mind expanding the in thing it's the hula hoop of the jet generation podcast one.com presents celebs pop culture fashion no one gets to tell me not to curse oh and some of that too This is Brandy Glanville Unfiltered. Now, here's Brandy Glanville. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Brandy Glanville Unfiltered. I'm sitting here with the iconic Margaret Cho. So, hey, hi. Hi. I feel like you have the longest IMBD and Wikipedia of anyone I've ever met. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) You really do that? I was going to say a really giant, long cock. Like, well, yeah. Yeah. Well, That's great. That. Yeah. Thank you. Thank and, you. Uh, you know, I was shocked to find out that you were born in San Francisco. Yes. And I lived in San Francisco for a long time. I was born in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, um, it's funny because you're a big, you know, gay and lesbian advocate mm-hmm. and all of these things. And I think like when you're from Northern California, you're kind of just born into that. Right. You know, it, right. it just makes sense. And that's, that's the way things are. But when you come mm-hmm. out here, everyone's like, Oh no, it's like this new thing. And you're like, no, yeah. Yeah. But so there much. it was, it was always a big deal. And in the seventies, I got to see Harvey Milk a lot and I saw how much his assassination de- devastated the entire right. city. And, um, you know, it wasn't long after that, that, we really had another big blow with AIDS. Yes. So I think um, because of all of these tragedies, the, the LGBT community there became very strong and very resilient. Right. Um, so that's where I learned all about politics and everything that I do as an activist is from that era. 
Well, I only know about milk because I saw the movie. But mm-hmm. I, I know about it, but yeah. I know I know about it because of the movie. Mm-hmm. But I grew up doing Passport, a show in San Francisco, mm-hmm. which was about a we were raising money for AIDS, and yes. that's when RuPaul was. You know, no one knew who he was at the time, and he started doing these shows, and mm-hmm. everyone's like what the heck? And so for me, it's just like, my was like, Oh, it's so great that you're involved in this. I'm like, it's just, that's how yeah, we were brought up. That's how you're brought up. And that's so, how, yeah, yeah, you approach life. It's great. Right. So speaking of not that anymore, I am, you, you have to talk to me, talk to me about your show that's coming up. So you, oh, okay. the, there's no I in team, but there's Cho and psycho. Yes. All right. It's good. So, <laughs> I, also know, I was like, wow, that's really funny. So tell yes. us about we're well, it's um, it's a show that I've been well, I've been working on it. I I always do shows, I, and I filmed the uh, special for it for Showtime, and that'll be out in September. Um, but yeah, I do uh, shows all over the world, and and this one is an important one because it's going to deal with a lot of things that are happening now. Um, is that I think that you know it's just infuriating a lot of the stuff that. Yeah. Seeing, I, I, I mean, I, I think it's time for us to get very serious about gun control, um, and also to, to really figure out what we're doing about race in this country. It's like a really bad thing, and and because the racial atmosphere is so tense and violent, and we don't have gun control, we're having a lot of police. Lot of there's a lot of police shootings, yeah. and there's just like people. It just doesn't make sense. We're yeah. it's, we're too far. We're too advanced for this. It shouldn't be happening. Right. I mean, I have so two little boys, terrible. and I can't. Like I'll, I can't even watch the news anymore. Mm-hmm. It's so depressing. Yeah. It, it, this violence, and I don't want to get. I don't want to be depressing because we're here to talk about your comedy show. But it's great that you're you have real. Re, you're incorporating real life shit that's yeah. happening into yeah. comedy. Yeah. Because I feel like comedy always comes from real yeah. life shit. Yeah. You know? Well, it's important, and so the show's a lot about. Um, the, this kind of getting older and trying to have to sort of like be uh, kind of. On your own, I, I, I lost um, Robin Williams, who was like my father in comedy, and then I lost Joan Rivers, who was like my mother in comedy. And so really um, kind of taking the world on kind of by yourself in, in, that, in that way. I think comedy is such a, uh, an art for, uh, that has about mentorship and apprenticeship. And so when you lose your mentors, it's very, very difficult. Right. And so there's a lot about them in the show, which is nice. Yeah, that is. I mean, I love them both as comics. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I feel like I have some friends that are com- comedians and there's a, a lot of darkness to them when they're not performing. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, and they expect them to be on, you know, yeah. like, oh, we're going to lunch with this person. I'm like, yeah, but like he, he's not working today, yeah. you know, so yeah. he doesn't have to be funny all the time. But then there's this thing where you can tell he feels the need to perform and mm-hmm. that's why he doesn't leave his fucking house anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a, I, I don't know. I think people have a uh, sort of thought about what comedians are like. I mean, Joan, Joan was also very different from Robin. Robin was actually quite a um, private and quite a shy man, you know, and so it was harder to get to know him. And I think um, with Joan, Joan was much more open and yeah. Joan was very, um, Joan was also very different from her persona. Um, right. She was, she was very kind. I, very I met kind. her. I was lucky enough to meet her a few times and work with her on Apprentice right before mm, right that's right it went down and she's the kindest woman yeah and i mean and she, we know she's performing when she's saying you know what she's saying but it's still i find it very funny but yes. i love that kind of comedy she's great but she's so sweet and she's, she's like really giving sweet. you a hug and, and telling you you can do this and yeah. you wouldn't expect that if you she's didn't so great, know yeah. and i she would not, she's such yeah, a mom i mean she was such a mom and 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 so i think that's what we really miss about her you know, her incredible maternal generosity and, and just her kind of constant need to be 
grateful and and to impress that on all of us that well, she we was so hard working and that's yeah. why she got to be where she was i mean yes. she wasn't somebody that just sat back and waited for things to fall into her lap she was a go-getter right. and she you know even johnny carson all of that she never quit no she was always working and i i always say that hard work no matter what will get you where you want to go mm-hmm. And it's those people in life that wait for shit to fall into their lap that they complain like, oh, she got this role or this person's doing that. I'm like, well, go do something else. Make shit happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to do it. Yeah. And you have done it. You've been doing it since you were eight years old. Yes. Now, I, a lot of what I was reading, I was I was kind of like, it made me a little sad because at eight, you said you just didn't want to be a kid anymore. And like you used it right. to kind of, I have an eight-year-old, so I was just, mm-hmm. in my head, I was just kind of thinking... Why, why was it tough? I mean, you just didn't. No, I just, I had, I had, um, maybe some issues with communication. I think that if I had been in a different era, that maybe I would have been diagnosed with something like, um, Asperger's. I don't know if that's true for me today, but I definitely think that as a child, I had some developmental problems. I had some issues with language. I had some issues talking. Um, and so because of that, you know, you do get kind of, um, bullied a lot. If you yeah. do, if you don't fit in as a kid, there's a lot of problems that can happen. And, and so I definitely experienced that. And so I just didn't want to be a kid anymore. And I started my career really officially at 14, which is also very, very young. Yeah. So I started to do stand up comedian stuff then. And, um, I just kept going and I was very successful early on and I, I was able to be, um, supporting myself and, in my late teens and then by my early twenties I was, I was really successful and I was doing television. And so, you know, it was a good, uh, road, road to take, but I missed out on a lot of, um, school and right. childhood and stuff like that. But I think when, when you find success early on, you, you, you know, you've got to pick one or the other. Guess mm-hmm. what? You get to grow up real quick and be super successful. And those people are like, Oh, you know, I didn't get to be a child. And Guess what? You get to act like a child on stage all the time. Yeah, which is great. <laughs> but then I, I, I was able to sort of bypass to a lot of the pitfalls that kind of have things that happen to people who are successful very, very young, which is good. I mean, I've had my share of that to, to uh, some extent, you know, like getting into drugs and alcohol and all of that. But I was still able to kind of handle myself and still able to work and still focus on my career. So it didn't come too fast, right. too quickly, but it was still pretty intense right well i think i mean you said that well you didn't say because what i was reading was that your parents owned a bookstore and there was a, a night club i mean a comedy club above it yes and yes. that's how you kind of because i was like how is she on stage at 14 but you would just slip up there and do it yeah and the dude shows up there and then also um i had a teacher who would sign me up for open mic nights at um the uh not the holy city zoo then it was at the other cafe which is a comedy club there and uh, it was she would sign. I was a, in a comedy duo with a, an actor. He's quite famous now. He's called Sam Rockwell. I know who. He's very, yeah. he's very oh, famous. I, I read actor. that. He's great. And so he and I would do this double act. And then after a while, I started to continue to do it on my, my own. He moved to New York and pursued his acting career, which he's very successful at yes. now. And then now I'm, um, you know, was like now I was like kind of on my own. And then I started to do shows at the Holy City Zoo, which is where I met Robin Williams. He was the doorman there. Uh, for many years, and then he had become very famous doing 
Mork and Mindy, and but he would still come back, and he wanted to just hang out with the comics and just be with the comics. So I would do shows there, and he would come every night, and he would drop in and do these guest sets, and I always had to follow him. I don't know if he did that on purpose right. or what, but I learned how to do comedy from following him, which is like the most impossible thing to do. Right. But that's what I, I just did for years and years. And so... Um, so he kind of mentored you in a lot of ways. Well, just by by, by, uh, me, yeah, by forcing me to go on after him <laughs> right, every single time, like, which is great. But he was great. No, no, I was a fan. I've always been a fan. I watched Mark and Mindy as well. But I mean, mm. of everything he ever did, I was obviously very sad. And but it's it just it's just so sad that someone so happy and funny could be just so torn and not happy. You know, I know, and in, I feel the absence a lot. His best friend, um, Michael Pritchard, uh, who's helped me a lot with my own grief about it because I couldn't get over it uh, you know and and Michael just said well don't grieve Robin be Robin which is then eventually be Robin became my homeless outreach which was there to honor Robin and dead. then Michael had a heart attack and then you know he he had he had not the the funds to deal with and that would be something that Robin would have taken care of right you know of and that, that the fact that he wasn't here for that it, it was really hard for all of us so all of us banded together and they they, they started to go fund me and so we raised a hundred thousand dollars for Michael which is great right. so you know and a lot of people gave money and that that was really wonderful that right. and uh, it was um, the the goFundMe was started by uh, Robin's assistant and Al Cleethan and the, the, you know, but also like supported by San Francisco comedians. So right. it was a really, it was a really nice gesture because we realized that we had to take care of him because Robin wasn't here for that. Right. It's kind of like your tri- like it was a tribute in a way, but it's like all of a sudden you're like lost your papa in a way. Yeah. You know? he kind yeah. Of, you probably I don't know if you did, but you just get so used to people doing what they do, and mm-hmm. when it's not done, all of a sudden you kind of realize you maybe took it for granted for a second and you know this person added so much to your life and to the lives of the homeless and all that well robin was the kind of guy that you know for san francisco comedians they would go to him for whatever they needed you know he was always there for people and we really feel the loss of 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 him and and uh no more so when when um this whole thing with michael happened so it was great that rebecca and al got together and did the GoFundMe. And, and you know, it's so Robin's spirit is still alive. It's you wonderful. guys all stick. It's like a little family, really. Mm-hmm. It's great. Now, do you do you find that you get along with most comics? I mean, I know you're yeah. with Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, but do you, like, are there just people that you just can't find? You don't have to tell me names <laughs> no, no, yet. No, <laughs> no. no uh, comics, um, I think all of us really are very supportive. And it's a lonely business, so we don't see each other a lot. Right. You get to a certain point where you just don't see other comics and that's kind of sad you're just rotating and mm-hmm. going around and doing yeah. shows and your, your next show for the psycho show the psycho show mm-hmm. is in colorado right in june yes uh, no, yes it's, it's this, this friday yes yeah. i'm thrilled so i'm excited for you um yes. a couple other things i just like wanted to talk to you about and i was so excited um you're doing a, a late night talk show. You're co-hosting all about sex. Yes, we we did that for a while. It was actually um, somebody. I think you got you guys are friends. Um, Heather, Heather, McDonald. right? Yeah, she has been here. Um, yeah, she and I and um, Marissa and uh, Dr. Tiffany. We we tried to do this show 
which I don't think we're going to do anymore, but it was really fun. It was a late night talk show that was all about sex and it was sex advice. And, you know, it's unfortunate because we weren't able to go as far as we wanted to right, go. Because of the sh- because it's TV yeah. and you have to, time. yeah, no, I saw it once we, before um, Heather, she's been to the podcast and she was talking about, it. I was really excited. And I mean, I know it's so hard to find that delicate balance where you can still be a little outrageous and funny, mm-hmm. but not take it to the level of saying, cock and vagina all the time which i mean you can say cock and vagina but you can't say the other things that i like to say so much um but you kind of you're i I was uh, watching your you love music you're a musician as well you're an author you do a Mm. lot of acting as well but i was watching your video of the homeless (laughs) the smelly pussy video or the bad pussy oh fat i I don't know it was bad (laughs) pussy and then you're like, I, I don't know, it was hilarious. And you kept laughing, but the person behind you was doing like interpretive dance uh-huh. about her back. Oh, yes. Pussy. And yes. Very, like, that's the stuff that makes me laugh. But yeah. that's not the kind of thing that you can put on a TV show. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just, it's fun to do, be able to sort of be very raunchy and stuff. And I, I don't know, that's my sense of humor. But also with All About Sex, we really did want to educate people too. And it was a, about kind of an advice show and about kind of people, people learning about sexuality outside of relationship, which right. I think is important. And adding humor in, because I think everyone wants to laugh when they're uncomfortable. Like mm-hmm. if there's a subject that's uncomfortable, humor always softens it. Yes. You know, so sure. that's something that I love. Um, are you, so are you, you're Korean. Mm-hmm. Do you know how to do nails? Um, no, <laughs> that's the one thing that's that I don't know. Um, I don't know how to do anything like no. that. Okay. I can barbecue. Oh, that's good. Korean barbecue <laughs> is nice. I like it. Yeah. All right. And I saw a cute little dog in your, on your, um, page. And is it, is it a Jack Russell? Cause it's, it's so cute. It's a, she is, um, a, like a Pomeranian Chihuahua. She might have some she Jack Russell like in there, but she's, she's the best. Cute. She's really cute. I have a mini pin. Chihuahua mix, and then I also have a very old Australian cattle dog mix. I mean, I don't really know. They're all mutts. They're all rescue dogs. So I'm not yeah. sure exactly what they are, but they're I have the best. two rescue asshole dogs myself. Why and, are they assholes? Well, because they're they were surrendered, so uh-huh. they had issues, and but you know, I was ready to take it on. But it's just exhausting because they bark, they pee, they bite, and they're getting so much better. Yeah, but people don't see that. They yeah. don't realize I've had them for three years, and they used to be horrible and every mm-hmm. time somebody comes over makes a noise buddy goes crazy oh yeah and it's just like they're like that's the worst dog i'm like he's come so far and he has this little jacket that he wears for anxiety oh <laughs> the thunder vest yeah. that's helpful no it really is and i i believe in it so much it, it's mm-hmm. changed our lives he bites everyone he bites the me biting thing is hard that, that I, I mean that's hard because um how do you change that? How you, do you? I I went to and this sounds cruel, and I wasn't trying to be cruel, but he has really sharp teeth for a Chihuahua mix, mm-hmm. and I wanted to file them down, but mm-hmm. no vet would do it. They're like, it's cruel. I'm like, no, it just because he breaks the skin when he bites. It's mm-hmm. not like, you know, just a little nip. It's a he, he's bit both of my kids. He's bit me. He's bit my dad. He bit my dad's face, which is not my dad wanted to chuck him like a football down. I was like, Dad, put him down. He's like, mm-hmm. my dad's like, it's a useless fucking dog. And I, I just, I have a, I have a love for him because he's insane. Yeah. And I, no one else would ever put up with him and I couldn't ever give him back. I mean, he's yeah. He's just crazy. What is that? Chihuahuas are kind of, they're an interesting breed because they, they can be very aggressive. I mean, people always talk about pit bulls and how bad they are, but I actually think chihuahuas are pretty dangerous. Little so. dogs are worse than big dogs usually. In yeah. my, like when I, you go into pet a chihuahua, 
I've been bit like three times with different dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, and Buddy thinks he's my husband, my little guy. Aww. And so anyone that comes near me, he wants to kill them. Yeah. He's and, protecting you. And I and I realize and I understand it, but it's exhausting. I, I, I mean, what is that from, though? Is it because they were abused in their former family? And so they're just... Are they Were they together? No, they weren't. Um, I, one of, I had two rescues and one, my assistant lost i don't even I, I can't even it was like just so traumatic in my life um i went to the rescue i, I just got a replacement for my kids sake because they were so traumatized that one of our dogs was lost mm. um and i noticed right away you know him being a surrender like oh why he's so cute and sweet and i'm like you tricked me at the pound but i think he had someone kicked him at the door because every time anyone goes to open the door he freaks out and he goes for the bite like mm-hmm. i just feel like he's got door issues and i always tell people i go just don't walk i go don't walk with your back to him like you have to watch him as you go out the door he's just that he's mm-hmm. that dog mm-hmm. and so i really think and we've had training and nothing's helping except yeah. for the anxiety coat i really think that somebody kicked the shit out of him really right so right you know mm-hmm. But it's a lot, and you know, I love well, I love rescue dogs, and I saw your dog, and it's like I want that dog. I would take every dog if I could. Well, I know. I mean, I think sometimes what is really good is that if you really do exercise them a lot, that actually can help their mood and yeah. and stuff. I mean, I found that you know they have a lot less anxiety if they're really exercised like us. a lot. I mean, people too. I mean, yeah. if you get out and you go for a nice long walk and you're super stressed out, mm-hmm. it calms your brain. Yeah. It really helps. So that I find helps. But they're also like pullers. You know, they, they don't really know what to do. And then they, uh, the, the cattle dog is very, very big. Although she's quite old. She's almost 16. Oh, wow. But she's very, very strong still. She's blind and deaf. She cannot see or hear anything, but she's still like very hip strong. dysplasia or anything? Because I know no. that big dogs usually get that. I mean, they don't no. live that long usually, right? No, but she's doing well. I mean, she does not have bad hips. I had my uh, other rescue dog who was a big uh, shepherd. He uh, had terrible hip dysplasia yeah. issues and and stuff. And uh, But he was he was almost like 14. It was about a little about, four, about 14 when he died. And I mean, he had bad, like he couldn't even walk at that point. But um, she's doing better. She's smaller. She's a lot stronger. Um, But uh, yeah, she's she's a puller. But we still, you know, get to take them on walks, and and that helps their behavior quite a lot. I I agree. I totally agree with that. And I think for me, anytime I can get to the gym and work out, I don't need my Xanax for the day Uh (laughs) because I need it pretty much every day. But on that note, we have to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Okay, one of my favorite products, which I've run out of, people, Tricom is awesome. You can count on one thing this summer, and that's itchy skin, bug bites, poison ivy, poison oak. Especially with children, you never know what they're going to do to their skin. So be prepared for your family's itchy skin and get safe, effective, steroid-free Tricom today. I put this stuff on everything. I think that's a commercial for like hot sauce, but I really do put Tricom on my zits. It helps the swelling go down. I put it on like abrasions when my kids get scrapes. It's it's a wonder non-drug drug. Tricom is a soothing hydrogel that quickly relieves itch and irritation and swelling from common irritations such as, you know, for me, zits, uh, my psoriasis, my kids' scrapes, poison oak, bug bites. It's awesome. And Tricom does it better than some of the most common itch-free relievers, including hydrocortisone 1%, which is a topical steroid, and we all know that those are not good for you. In fact, fast-acting Tricom hydrogel is clinically proven to be five times more effective at reducing itch than hydrocortisone 1%. That's five times more effective, so why not get it? It doesn't make sense to get the hydrocortisone. It just doesn't. 
And only Tricom has the itch-free guarantee. Tricom will relieve your family's itchy skin, or you can send back the empty tube for a full refund. You don't see any other itch products making these promises, so try Tricom. Try Tricom. <laughs> you can expect that itchy skin from poison oak, poison ivy, and bug bites will happen this summer. I mean, it already has. So you need to be prepared like I am. Make sure you get effective steroid-free Tricom now to stop the itch fast. Find Tricom at Walmart, Walgreens, CVS Pharmacies, and Rite Aid. Look for the dark blue box in the anti-itch aisle or visit Tricom.com. I'm putting my stamp of approval on this. I really like this stuff and I don't lie. Thanks for waiting. We are back with Market Show and we're having to talk about everything, life, animals, exercise, and we need to talk about your comedy show that mm-hmm. you're taking around the world. Tell us what, why, why do it and where are you going to be? Oh, well, I love doing comedy. I mean, I, I really think it's an important art form and um, I've been doing it for a long, long time. And it's something that I, I feel like, you know, is really important for the world. It helps the world heal. And so we get to sort of talk about everything in this show. And I'm excited about going to Boulder or Colorado. I haven't been there because since. Because weed's legal and you're, legal. you're a big weed activist. Well, I have a new, I have a, I have a, I have an, a line coming out. <gasps> um, with a company and it's going to be my own marijuana and it's very the actual exciting. marijuana yeah that is I'm amazing so excited about it and uh, so it'll be out i'll have my own brand of it and i have a business that will launch it's like the pot version of edible arrangements where you'll be able to send <laughs> like a big pot basket like a, to your friends and it's like a really but that is a but it's going to be certain states that you can do it in and yeah right now we'll do it in states that are legal i also have some television shows like um, i'm a producer also so i have some tv um some programming that will go on um and this is all sort of waiting for kind of legislation to right. change i think it's going to happen, though. Yeah, Colorado's it's, ahead of the game here, yeah. and um, we'll see it happen in Alaska and, and Oregon and Washington State's already going. So, you know, there's a lot of places where it's going to happen. So I'm getting ready to kind of see this huge thing happen. I I'm, mean, I'm, I'm happy it's about gonna, it. That is, I mean, it's so smart. I mean, every single one of my friends has a pot license, mm-hmm. and then they'll, like, break out the different kinds. I used to smoke pot a ton when I was in high school, mm-hmm. but it was, like, smoke pot, have some Doritos, and lay down. Yeah. And now I smoked with my little friend she's 25 and i can't i'm 42 so i can't really keep up with her but i try i was it was like a hallucinogen yeah it's crazy i was cracked out of my mind so strong it wasn't i i can't Mm -hmm. it's not something that i remember i I like the old school pot we just have like (laughs) some tacos and go to sleep right right but what is your pot going to be like um i think we'll have different kinds you know so there'll be sort of different things for different people and certainly um one that's a little bit age appropriate because i'm 46 so something that's a little bit lighter um (laughs) i know i I feel you i mean i'm like and my girlfriend's perfectly fine and i'm sitting i'm tripping yeah like i can't do this and i'm like paranoid and right freaking out and then my my old producer my um here at podcast one he gave me a little lollipop he's mm-hmm. like oh it's an edible and i'd never had one. Oh yes those and are very little. strong yeah i was i was scared for my life yeah i ate it by myself at night at my mm-hmm. house mm-hmm. i started calling everyone i'm like should i call 911 i know <laughs> 
it's very it's it can crazy. be very overwhelming yeah so we need different definite kinds of like things that le- ease people into it something that's very we'll like, do, like the 40 and, plus pot yeah <laughs> for something us. for the older older people but also somebody somebody who hasn't done it really right you so. need the newbie because it can be it's it's a lot that yeah. what i tried i would never have gone back to when i was younger if that's right. what it was right but it's very no. strong are you going to do accessories around like you know yes so it'll be um you know all kinds of things in the for the home that are um, that don't look like bongs, that right. don't look like pot paraphernalia, Smart. that look like antiques right. or things that you would have just as a sort of you decoration know, item. Decoration like, item. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, what I want to do is I want to recreate old opium pipes from the turn of the century nice. and repurpose those and use those for marijuana. So I think that'll be really nice too. So something I want to be like the Martha Stewart of weed. Mar- yeah, I mean that I think makes it's sense. Happen. Yeah, <laughs> I'm very she excited. She probably smokes a lot. I mean, she wasn't. She's a, no, she is a big stoner. Yeah, I, I mean, I would guess she I would be if I was her. Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Yeah, I saw you smoke a Snoop Dogg on oh, the video. Yes. I was like, all right, yeah. all right. He's but, got strong weed. Yeah, I can only imagine. But the vapor mm. stuff, is it, did you actually smoke weed or do you do the vapors? I do both. Uh, I actually now do dabs, which is kind of that. mostly, a, um, it's almost pure THC. And that you need a blowtorch for, but it's not combusting it. You actually just, it's actually a vapor that you're inhaling, but it's pure THC. Oh my God. So that requires a lot more. And it's kind of scary to use a yeah, torch. Yeah, scares a little. <laughs> that sounds a little like I would definitely like burn something yeah. or someone. I'm not. I, if I can get hurt doing something, I'll, it will happen. <laughs> I have a friend who help, helps me. And so he's good at that, you know. But I, I definitely needed some guidance with the blowtorch because it was really scary. Jesus Christ. I mean, I can't even. When I'm doing creme brulee, I took a cooking class. I was like, I'm not making that crispy. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to keep that away from me. But that's what you it. use. You use a creme brulee torch, that's which I had so, in my kitchen anyway. You're so. like, oh, well, it's here. Mine yeah, as well. It works well. Now, do you ever, now you said before you kind of, not like the Disney kids and Lindsay Lohan, but you kind of had your struggles with pot and alcohol. Yes. Or drugs and alcohol. How, does, is it something that obviously you're fine, but mm-hmm. that really, you know, took over? No, not really. I mean, I, I don't really have the personality for that, but I do think that... There are drugs that, I mean, my entry point for all of that is um, anorexia and bulimia because I had such an eating disorder and then also abused drugs like Fen-Fen. Oh, yeah. And, and that it's kind really of hard stuff. For the heart, right? Yeah, that one. that's the one that, you know, actually was really a messy, messy drug because yeah. it was an upper and a downer at the same time. And so when you combine that with like alcohol and stuff like that and not eating, right. you really have a recipe for disaster. So I it's mean, a very like 90s kind of a well, mess. It's like taking Adderall and having a glass of wine. You're having a depressant and, you know, you're like, it's not, it's not. It's great for the moment if you know what you're doing and you can control it. Yeah. But it's not the best idea for your heart and your body. Yeah, it's not the best also for nutrition, too. No, I was thinking, so I didn't know that you had eating disorders when you were younger. Yeah, for sure. And I think that that's kind of, I don't know, I think that's actually quite normal for women. Almost every single person I know. Well, here, first of all, I I eat, but everyone here is anorexic. Mm -hmm. Everyone I know is way too skinny mm-hmm. and it try and when i see them on tv and no because i'm on tv too but i look fat on tv and i'm not fat but when i see them look skinny on tv mm-hmm. it's like you know if you look skinny on tv you're <laughs> fucking it's anorexic really scary. you're yeah. sick it's really and scary I, I swear there are so many people here in la and it drives mm-hmm. me nuts and new york that are fucking sick yeah i and know it, i don't i just I don't. My, thank God I have little boys, but I'm my, a lot of my friends. I, like we go out and they pretend to eat. Mm-hmm. They'll move the food around the plate, right? Or they'll pretend to drink, 
Right. And I'm like, I'm having bread. I'm like, I'm wishing, I'm hoping I get a stomach flu, you know, (laughs) or a tapeworm, but I can't, I don't have that makeup and I also can't diet. Mm -hmm. But I've also been told every time somebody sees me, oh, you're so much thinner than I thought you were. I mean, you look so fat on TV. I'm like, that's so weird. Well, I mean, it is. Well, the truth is you're, you know, the people around me are so thin. Yeah. I mean, they're half of us. Right. It's right. It's It's too much. And it doesn't look, and it doesn't look good on their face, to be honest. No. When you get too thin, it shows in your face and you really have to pick between your ass and your face at one point. Right. Salvador's here, Ross Matthews' boyfriend. Oh, hi. Hi. He's my Salvi. I love him. Cute. I, I, I don't know why he's here. He's never been here in his life. <laughs> oh, because Ross, oh, Ross is, is here. Thing. Yeah. That's right. I'm like, why is Salvador here? I love him. Um, no, but that's, I think, do you, now do you, when you do your comedy, do you talk about eating disorders? Oh, yeah, yeah. I talk a lot about weight and I yeah. talk a lot about, um, you know, just that was also the main argument that I would have with Joan Rivers because she always thought I was fat. She's like, oh, you're so fucking fat. You so fucking fat. If you if you gain any more fucking weight, I'm gonna fucking die. So right. it's my fault. I always joke that my friends are on the two finger cleanse. I'm like, oh no, she's on the two finger cleanse, which is good. But it, really, I'm being serious. No, it's real. I mean, the thing about it is that anorexia in Hollywood and in New York and in show business in general is actually very normal. It's running rampant. I, I mean, know. It's I don't. I personally don't think it's healthy for like. I, you know, I am very happy about everyone, you know, saying that everyone should have booties now and curves and all Mm -hmm. of that, but that also is become impossible. There's these girls with the waists that are this big, giant fake boobs and giant fake butts. And my kids think that's what's normal and that's what it should be. Yeah. And telling me I'm chunky and I'm like, what are we doing to our children? And I, I, you know, thank God I have boys, but what are we doing? It's an impossible society to keep up with right. as far as looks go because there's so much plastic surgery, number one, but there's also so much fucking anorexia and bulimia. I know. It's really crazy. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think for me, it's easier just because I'm in comedy, so it really doesn't ever really matter. Um, and I, I, I just don't really, I don't know. I don't really care. No, exactly. I mean, that's a, that, you, you did care at did one care. point. When I was younger, I cared so right, much. Right, of course. But then I, I was always like very, um, very conscious of the fact that I could still be a comedian and I could still work as a comedian, and that that was always what was really okay. Like you're, it's a fine because you're funny and you yeah. can get away with it. Thanks, but it's the best, right? Unfortunately, like a lot of women that I was really trying to get parts around and stuff that you don't see them anymore. No, you know, like my generation of actresses, you you rarely see anything. Well, I mean, because I find this is what I, I you know when the, there's actresses and not. A lot of them are crazy. Let's just be mm-hmm. honest. But beautiful women, as they get older, mm-hmm. they go away. They they mm-hmm. hibernate because it's hard to get beautiful. I mean, to get older right. in Hollywood when you were beautiful your whole life and you're still beautiful. Right. But you see the 19 year olds and the 20 year olds and you're no longer that. And I right. find that like, where's Kim Basinger? Like she's been stunning I forever. Know. She's been hiding out. I know. Because it's hard to grow older in this town of perfection. Yeah. And it sucks. I mean, there's, again, there's so many pressures, but I find like the women that you're talking about, I mean, you're very young still. I mean, 42, you're 46. We're young. We have to keep saying yeah. it. We're young. We're, We're young. fine. We're young. We're fine. But, <laughs> you know, the actresses, they, they do, you know, they, it's, it is, they're not casting women mm-hmm. in sexy roles anymore that are 40. Six forty-seven. I mean, for right. the most part, it's, right. it's better than it used to be. Mm-hmm. But most of them are going away. Right, 
Right. And it's unfortunate. And I feel like we, we're just sending the wrong message to society on so many levels, mm-hmm. but I can't control it. And I live here and I, I know it's weird. I mean, I never went out for like those uh, girlfriend roles anyway. I never got those. I was always like the sort of quirky friend or, and I, I actually, funny wor- sidekick. yeah, funny sidekick. I actually work way more now than I ever did because of my age. Right. Because now I can be the judge. Right. <laughs> right. I'm like the doctor or the voice of reason or something. So Or Kim Jong what's his name? Okay, oh, uh, I'm Kim Jong il <laughs> and Kim Jong un. I have the I've cornered the market on all yeah. North Korean dictators. Yes, I'm like dick he's such a dick. He's a dictator, but he's such a dick. He's yeah. so horrible. I know, they're horrible. Really, but it's it's funny. And I was watching the Golden Globes and you are not and I loved Teen I loved the whole thing. It was yes. great. I thought it was very funny. And it's great. I, I don't watch Thirty Rock, but I, I Googled it to see, and I know mm-hmm. it's super, super popular. I yeah. have seen bits, and I just don't watch TV that much because my kids take over all the TVs. Yeah, of course. Um, but that you had a good run on there. Well, I, I love Tina, and I, I love I love that show, and um, you know she's always been so supportive, and I work with her a bunch over the years, and I just I can't I can't say enough great things about her. She's really fantastic. I think everyone loves them. I don't I don't mm-hmm. think they get a lot of. I mean, there are some people that get backlash and hate, and yeah. I, other than them saying something about what uh, Taylor Swift or something, I don't know, some stupid thing, which I thought was hilarious. Um, they don't really get it because no, they're, they're, they're very lovable. Yeah, they are very lovable, and they really are the the way that they seem. They're so wonderful. But you know what I want to know, and this is totally off subject, oh, kind of off subject. What happened to like the women of SNL that were on when we were growing up? Like, where are they oh, all? So, Lorraine Newman's still uh, around. Um, she does, like, a lot of stuff. Um, then, uh, oh, God, Jane Sherry. died. Jane, um, Jane died. Uh, Sherry O'Terry, I see a lot around. I was, I, I have, she's hilarious. She's hilarious. Um, Molly Shannon, which... Molly Shannon's doing... Still, she still she does, does a little a lot bit. of acting. But who's that blonde? There's, like, there's so Vic, many. Well, Vic- Victoria Jackson, um, she's around, too. She actually became very conservative, so she's sort of a very different, leads a very different kind of hmm. a life, a life that maybe a lot of people wouldn't necessarily agree with, but right. she uh, does comedy and writes and... So she's a Republican. Yes. <laughs> she's a, she's right. a very conservative right. well, and interesting. very anti-gay, which is, I mean, it's oh, depressing. That's shocking. It's shocking. That's shocking. Because you would think that uh, sh- somebody like that, who right. was an artist and... Who was on on SNL would be not of that mindset. Exactly. I actually do uh, see her on occasion, and she's around comedy a lot. And uh, so, you know, I just um, I never know what to say. Like, what? What? What would you say? I don't know because I I, I feel bad because she's a nice person, but then she has all this rhetoric that's just so hateful. And right. I, I mean, I don't agree, but. You know, she's just kind to me. Well, it's, I mean, it's honestly, it's their mindset. Like, you can't, she's fucked up. Sorry to say. Yeah, it's very strange. You know, some people, and I find as people get older, and it's weird as my parents used to be hippies, my dad grew pot, we, everyone was naked. As he's getting older, he's like, you're going to wear that? I'm like, like, when? Mm. I mean, I was naked half my life. So Mm. I'm like, why all of a sudden are you... You know, worried about it's just weird that what comes with age, mm-hmm. but you can't go that far. Yeah, back. you have yeah. to have. Uh, yeah. I, I, I just I can't. I don't. I can't tolerate sure. it. I think everyone's allowed to have their own opinion, and mm-hmm. I generally don't talk about politics with people mm-hmm. or religion, like my mom said. But I just I have so many gay friends, and mm-hmm. I still don't. I mean, I'm kind of bisexual, kind of not, and mm-hmm. you know, I I don't consider myself. I don't have a title 
I yeah. like who I like. I'm attracted to who I'm attracted to. If it's a woman, it's a woman. It's a man, it's a man. But yeah. I don't want to label it. Right. So, because I just, I, I just not, doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Um, but I, I have an issue with people that have an issue with it. Right. I don't know why. Right. I have like a little chip on my shoulder. But, well, whatever. It is what it is. It's weird. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why anybody would be anti-gay or feel like they had to stop it somehow or that gay marriage is somehow uh, going to be a problem. I don't know. Well, you know what's interesting? I, I, all my gay friends want to get married. And like Salvador and Ross, they don't want to get married. But I said, be careful what you wish for. Because it <laughs> fucking sucks. You were married. You're divorced. Yes. Me too. Yes. I'm like... Don't you don't don't do it. I mean, it's it's so difficult. It's so hard to be marriage and relationships are difficult. They're difficult, but I mean, I think the point of gay marriage really has less to do with uh, marriage itself and more to do with everybody rights. having the rights. Yeah, and, but I know, just like be careful rights. what you wish for, guys. Yeah, and girls. I'm like, jeez, oh, but I'm I'm a little bit pessimistic when it comes to that subject. Uh-huh. All my friends know it, so they are like, oh, yeah, we're gonna excuse them on that. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. So we're going to go. You're going to go to Denver. You're going to smoke pot. You're going to party. You're going to do your show. Psycho. What was that? The Psycho Tour. The Psycho Tour. It's all <laughs> over the world. People can find it on margaretcher.com. And it's, uh, yeah, it's all over the world. So we'll do America. I'll actually, I'll actually go to Montreal this summer. And then um, it'll be a full on American tour. And then in... Uh, December, there will be the European leg. So it'll go all over Europe, and uh, which I love. I'm That's excited. amazing. Yeah, no, I love Europe too. That's yes. awesome. I'm excited for you. And I checked out your website, and all the dates are on there. Everything you need to know is on there. And check it out. Get your tickets. She's funny, but she's also serious. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll be right back. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. All right. Let me tell you about this kid, Aziz Ansari. He has a book that you absolutely must read. It's called Modern Romance, and it's a New York Times best seller. So this guy, Aziz, combines his irreverent humor with cutting-edge social science to give us an unforgettable tour of our new romantic world. Listen, we're all looking for love and looking to meet people that mean something to us, and this guy, combined with humor and social science, has made it really funny to understand how we could possibly do that in this day and age. So Aziz Ansari teamed up with an NYU sociologist and designed a massive research product, including hundreds of interviews and focus groups from Tokyo to Buenos Aires to even Wichita. They analyzed behavioral data and enlisted the world's leading social scientists. The result is unlike any social science or humor book you have ever read. A hilarious, thoughtful, and in-depth exploration of the pleasures and the perils of modern romance from Aziz Ansari. Like I said, you should get this book. It's modern romance, it's funny, and it's statistical. Is that the right word? Statistical. Yeah. The AV Club raves. It's hard to think of another celebrity book besides Brandy Glanville's that also feels like breaking news. Aside from the jokes, the science of modern romance holds water and is absolutely fascinating. The co-author of Freakonomics, Stephen Levitt, says it best. Not only did I laugh my ass off, I really learned something. Find out more about this book. It really is an interesting read at azizansari.com. That's A-Z-I-Z-A-N-S-A-R-I. And, I mean, I guess just go read it. Get back to me. Hey, everyone, let's talk about a very serious subject here. Let's talk about hair. (laughs) Between all my TV appearances and going out, I have put my hair through hell. The curling iron, the blow dryer, the products, the straightening iron, it all adds up. 
I mean, it's it really does. And I like to have beautiful hair. So let's face it, dry, brittle hair, damaged hair, it's just not hot. Like the curling irons you use to damage it. <laughs> and even worse, it can lead to thinning hair. And that's really not hot. That's where Viviscal comes in. Two little tablets is all it takes to nourish your hair from the inside out. Viviscal is clinically researched to give you thicker, fuller, healthier hair. And it's guaranteed. It's led by celebs like Gwyneth Paltrow. That's how I found out about it. And it's recommended by doctors too. My dermatologist is telling everyone to take it. Viviscal is actually the number one drug-free hair growth supplement in the United States. And ladies, Viviscal has a men's formula too. So you can help your man get ahead of that hair that's thinning or that bald spot. Keep it small, guys. Keep it small. Even if you don't put your hair through hell like I do, it's still important to take care of it. And Viviscal is the easiest solution to thicker, fuller, healthier hair. And for my listeners, I've arranged for you to be able to try Viviscal, and it comes with free shipping. It's a 90-day money-back guarantee. And if you don't see results that you totally love, just tell me and... I'll give you your money back. Call 1-800-980-1155 to get this special offer with free shipping. So call today. That's 1-800-980-1155. Hey, everybody. Just want to say a huge thank you to a huge bitch, Margaret Cho. Thanks for stopping by. I thought you were going to be funnier. Anyway, it's all good. I guess you can't be on all of the time, but... Maybe if we had some unfiltered Chardonnay, she would have been a little funnier. Or maybe it gave her some pot. That would have worked because it worked for Snoop Dogg. But thanks for coming by. I really do appreciate it. You're a very serious lady. Um, by the way, go out and get my wine, Unfiltered Blonde, at BevMo's in Northern and Southern California. It is flying off shelves. We've already had a reorder. And send me your pictures, post them, and I'll repost them. I love the pics. They're making me so happy. Unfiltered Blonde Chardonnay. Get it at BevMo. Thanks for listening to Brandy Glanville Unfiltered. Download new episodes at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Stay tuned for the latest AP News headlines from Podcast One right after this. AP Update, I'm Ross Simpson. The president and the leaders of Southeast Asian nations called today for peaceful resolution of the region's maritime disputes as they concluded a summit in Southern California. President Obama told a news conference that disputes must be resolved by legal means, including a case brought by the Philippines that challenges China's sweeping claims over most of the South China Sea. The United States and ASEAN are reaffirming our strong commitment to a regional order where international rules and norms and the rights of all nations, large and small, are upheld. During a question-and-answer period with reporters, Obama reaffirmed his constitutional right to nominate a successor to the late Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia. There is more than enough time for the Senate to consider in a thoughtful way the record of a nominee that I present uh, and to make a decision. I'm Ross Simpson.